Okay, here we are for our little Sunday night show. The late, later than usual tonight. Um, this is uh, before we kind of get going. I'll um, just kind of talk about what this is. So we've got I've got a regular podcast called Outrage Overload where I talk to scientists and researchers and authors and things like that. It's a social sciences podcast about outrage in society, outrage in politics, and lowering the temperature. And it's scripted and it's all that cool stuff. This this little podcast we do on Sunday nights is not all those things. So it's just a little chat thing that we have for fun. And we talk about news, some things in the news this week, maybe that were, you know, kind of got us going uh, about outrageous, or maybe they're just interesting. We wanted to kind of explore them a little bit. So that's what we do on this show. It's a, just a chat show with the both of us. I'm here with Lisa. Hi, babe. Hey. So, and we can get started. So here we are. I'm getting started. You are getting started. I'm. I got my. I got my iced coffee tonight. So um, I didn't really put a lot of things on my list because I know we had a bunch of carryovers from your list last time. So I was just gonna kind of see what you wanted to chat about. Well, it's been another busy week. We saw surprise everybody. <laughs> yeah, we saw another concert. A really great concert. Um, but um, yeah. So there's been a lot of carryovers. Um of things, but the one thing I w wanted to talk about, well, there's so many things. Um, I want to talk a couple quick things before we get on to um, main my stuff. meat. The main stuff, but, um, yeah. You know, there's a trend now to sell for the car dealerships to sell direct to consumers. You don't need a dealership. I mean, not dealership. Oh, I see. The you car makers. From yeah, not you a would be right. You know, I would think the dealers would be very much against that. Well, they are. Yeah. But um, it started because actually, um, oh, Jesus, Hyundai? Hyundai. Hyundai started doing it? Well, Hyundai's, you can buy your car through Amazon now on Hyundai. And you so, cannot. Yeah, you can. No way. Yeah, you can. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Is it limited models or just pretty much whatever? That's kind of like, I think it's like the old Saturn, remember Saturn cars? I think it's that old model. Of how you buy cars, you um, pay like a set price and all that. Yeah. No negotiation. But um, Santos uh, signed a bill banning direct to consumer sales, so that you have to go through a dealership if you want to buy Wait. a car. Uh, oh, Santos. Yeah, the guy. Not Santos. I'm sorry. DeSantis. Santos. He signed. Oh, so his legislature did a bill. Government uh, Governor DeSantos signed a car dealership protection bill banning direct-to-consumer auto sales. Right, so it had first had to pass the legislature. He just went ahead and signed it. Yeah, but still. Um, that would save consumers a lot of money, but in the in the end, I don't know what that... So I mean, there's going to be a change on how cars are sold. Yeah, well, and you do... I mean, it's one of those ones I'd have to know, understand a little bit better, because you do want to support, you know, the business model of these dealers. If they're doing work, they should get... You know, not, but they're not adding any value. This is the big question, right? Does a car dealer add any value? No. <laughs> For the most part, right? Many don't. That's a go-between. Well, and also, you know, maybe it's one of those things that a car dealer just has to get better at adding value. Like, okay, do something then, you know, but I don't know. I, it feels like, the, I, it kind of feels bad about the corporate undercutting, you know, the regular guy, quote unquote, that owns the car dealership. Yeah, you kind of think, well, how did the car dealership come into to play to begin with? I mean, Ford didn't Ford sell the cars direct to consumers? You mean in the early days? Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know how that evolved. If they did the direct to consumers first, or they always had a dealer network. I'm not sure. 
Or if somebody just bought a bunch and sold them and they thought, hey, that's a good idea. I'm pretty sure dealer networks started pretty early in the car business. But because I think I remember that being a thing like you could, there was a lot of marketing of becoming a car dealership. You know, you could be a sale seller of Studebaker or whatever. It was pretty early in the business. So I, I think car dealers were pretty early on in the business model for selling cars. Because, I mean, they just wouldn't have the distribution to get cars individually. They didn't have Amazon or something equivalent to that back then. So the dealer actually added value for the manufacturer, right? Because they could do all that local marketing and 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 interaction interacting with the local. Well, customers. and when when there was a problem, they could also just fix it, right? Or, right. and then they were the go between between the manufacturer and the consumer. But I mean, you're still out. You still have car repair places, so right. You had those pretty early too, and a lot of them were carryovers. Like they used to be wagon repair, and now they're going to start repairing cars. In fact, we have some of the ads in those early like local history books that we have, you know, like mm -hmm. old send, you know, old uh, high school yearbooks, things like that, that have like ads for that, like fix your wagon and your car. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see what goes. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. It's, it's curious. Right. Because I mean, car dealerships are already suffering. Like they haven't had, they don't make the profit they used to make. Well, there's, there's not, not as much profit in cars. There's also three. not going to be that whole impulse buy thing, too, you know, where you can't just go run and get a car. Well, if they didn't have dealers, there wouldn't be. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if cars are, but they're impulse buys for some people, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think that still happens. But I mean, sometimes sure. you need a car. And that's what a dealer wants, right? Sometimes <laughs> you need a car. If your car gets in an accident, whatever, you need like we got rid of that Mercedes in a big hurry. <sighs> Why'd you have to bring up? <laughs> so what do you got? What do you want to bring up? Well, I was just going to, because you had a backlog. I kind of want to see what, see what your list So had. the, um, we found out who, well, supposedly we found out who funded. Now I'm, that's why it's Santos on the brain. He funded his bail. Oh, right. It and was he like wanted, his aunt and father aunt or something like father. that. But, he was trying to get it to stop because he, you know, he didn't want that information out. Right. I don't understand was, why. Why? Was because. It? Please let me finish. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> because he was afraid that people would um, attack them. That yeah. people would start harassing them. And I'm like, yes, they are going to start harassing will, them yeah. because what the hell. But I mean, I think that it. You would has I don't know I you would have to harass him less because it's his family and it's just his family taking care of family, but right. I wonder if I mean yeah I don't know if it's I mean did they did his family just put up their homes or whatever because well they said they didn't actually have to come up with any money no you don't when you do bail you well, just no, have to sometimes put, you have to put up some of the money ten percent some percent yeah I guess in this case they well said last they didn't. time I bailed you out of jail I didn't have to come up with any money I just right. had to sign over you the had to house. sign well well you just a commitment right you have to say right. that they, they are gonna if they you know yeah right so you have to make a commitment that you, you're very valid you only for them. you only need cash bail if you're poor right of course because you don't have any assets to sign off um for the court to put a lien up against right yeah nothing more expensive than being poor no but um so now I'm kind of wondering, since that information's been out now for a week, is his family actually getting harassed? Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know if we'd even know about that. Like, would that be online somewhere? Would that be reported? Who knows? I, he'd probably be jumping up and down if that happened. We'd probably hear it from him. He can't keep his mouth shut. Okay, so you really have nothing? I mean, I have a couple of dumb things. Well, is it as dumb as um, um, MTG calling Bobo a bitch on, on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting little, little cat fight. Huh? <laughs> They're going to implode on themselves. They're going to freaking implode on themselves. Uh, yeah, who knows? But this is what, I mean, this goes back to, I don't know how many episodes ago, where I talked about the utter lack of respect for the floor. And the institution, yeah. Totally. The the way you could, they just, you just treat it so poorly. Yeah. And you had this occasionally, you know, in the old days, someone would sort of go, go on a rant like that and they'd be crazy. But they'd definitely be viewed as this extreme crazy person to everyone else. Why do these two fight so much? Now, normal. It's the new normal. <laughs> I know, but I understand why these two fight so much. They're basically on the same side. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that you had this kind of view. Oh, this is people. You should have seen the kind of stuff people did. But the nation, media, the other, their peers all looked at those people as extreme, right? Nowadays, you know, particularly in the GOP, at least, those people are just mainstream. Like, they're just mainstream now doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. like everybody out in the public, this is like encouraged now, this kind of behavior. Then yeah. they wonder why their kids misbehave. Look at the role models you're setting. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's bad because when I first read stuff like this, I go, oh, that's kind of funny. And then I'm like, ah, that's kind of sad. It's, yeah, it is sad. I mean, it, it's like you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. We're not going to suddenly restore our dignity. I mean, I think we can to a degree, but I mean, some of this stuff is just the new normal now. Like this kind of behavior is just accepted. Okay, so I was not going to talk about Hunter Biden because I think there's more to come on Hunter that. Hunter Biden's laptop. I know. I think there's more to come on that. Um, it's been in... I've seen a lot of just out of context clips where people are asking about certain texts where um, people, uh, the um, DOJ just walks away from the interview. And I'm like, well, I haven't, you know, so they're trying to say this is. Um, well, it could be a lot of reasons why they just walk away from the interview. Exactly. Maybe because it's an absolutely stupid question. Exactly. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, in terms of this case, yeah, I mean, the, the DOJ was very odd how they worded it, right? I mean, supposedly he did this plea deal so that, like, this part of the investigation is now over, but they also kind of left it that the investigation as a whole is not over. So but also, they, exactly know also the means. press and everybody got access to some um, emails that are even more damaging. And it's like, why didn't you guys look at this email? And when they were point blank asked that at the conference, they just walked out. So I'm not talking about this and walked out. So I, like I said, I saw it out of content, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much. Yeah. I mean, if they, yeah, I don't know if they'll say any more about it though. I mean, they're not, all they said, I think they said what they're going to say. Like yeah. they said, you know, it's, they left it very, they tried to talk up both sides of their mouth because they sort of said this part of the investigation is done with this if this deal finishes which i don't know did it even finish did they really do it i don't know if it really even happened yet i think it's just on the table right 
I don't know. There's like a deal in principle, but it may or may not be a done deal. And then they said, but they've left this little hint that the investigation at large is still open, as if there could be other people somehow involved in this or something. But they kind of said the part with Hunter Biden is done. Like if he does this deal. Right. And they, and, but, but they found these specific emails that are more damaging. I mean, they have them. Don't you think DOJ already has those? No, they made them. I know. So they made them part of this deal. Stop, stop. They must be part of this deal. Stop. Stop. They, they may have the other, um, the problem is, is that they don't. Yeah, but that's just stupid. That's just dumb. That's they, not real stuff. The problem is, is that instead of saying, yes, this is part of the deal, they just say, I'm not talking about that and ended the conversation and walked out. So right. why are you arguing with me on this? I'm just saying that doesn't tell you anything. That's my point. That's what I said. Okay, you guys, this is really how we talk. No, that's what I said. said. I said, no, I said. <laughs> <laughs> That I saw this out of context. No, but you said that we're going to hear a lot more about this. And I said, you may no, we're not. Gonna hear, no, no, I said, we're going to hear a lot more about Hunter Biden, period. Oh, well, and yeah, then I went into the story. And, and because you didn't listen to what I said. Sure, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play the tape later. <laughs> You'll play the tape later. Yeah. And, and you'll apologize to me on the show. Sure, probably will. Okay, but the big thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, there's a big thing. Okay. Well, so you and I have an acquaintance, and I, I did acquaintance in quotes. Okay. Because uh, um, he's someone who we haven't talked to in a long time. But I guess I follow him on Twitter, and oh, my God, the retweeting this person is doing is throwing me over the edge. Oh, you got to make tell me who this is. Uh, I know. I'm going to show you right now to see who retweeted this. Oh no, he, I, he he got you know he got his account canceled after January sixth. I know, but what I so yeah, I guess Elon Musk gave him his account back. Yes, okay. So and you know, I talked I talked about this for years. I know you did, but what yeah. I'm saying is that he's in hyper mode. But, you should have seen him before January sixth. Yeah, I'm saying. yeah. So, but my point is is that I kind of want to talk about conspiracy theories. Alrighty. Okay. So there's there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Yes, there are. There's like, I mean, there's always been, but they're de- definitely, I think, with Twitter and everything, they're just everywhere now. And, yeah. and there's so many people that get suckered, you know, get sucked into them. They're so, you know, it's just like they're so much easier to find now. So you just uh, everybody that's even slightly vulnerable to conspiracy theories gets trapped in one. So I kind of want to fig- figure. I kind of want to look at like how do these? How does a how does a conspiracy theory start. I get where the flat earth thing starts. I mean, kind of get it. It's it's hard for some feeble minds to believe that the earth could be anything. It seems like but... it makes more sense. But also, but really it's more about that the whole um trust thing, right? It's more it's less about it's more about that they feel like everybody's boots against them in some way, right? And it all kind of starts with that. And so you feed into that. Um, sort of emotion and you know and some are started by very nefarious people that just want to sort of be bad or or start a cult or whatever right you know so so a lot of them are are and you know a lot of them are are effectively trolls that start these things so well but let's let's look at individual conspiracy theories Okay. okay 
So, I mean, like Pizzagate. I had a, I, I had a discussion recently with Pizzagate, and it was like, could you please tell me how you pot? Okay, Pizzagate is block. It is where you believe. There was a the, pizza parlor. There's a pizza parlor that a physical place that Democrats went to in order to special pizza. Right. Which meant that they wanted to be a pedophile and there were right. kids all in like the basement. In a dungeon or a basement. In the basement. So this is what you believe Pizzagate is. And they're like, well, not exactly that. And I went, okay. So can you tell me exactly? Wait, you talked to a person that sort of knew what, thought they knew what were like believed in Pizzagate? And so you had a conversation about it? Kind that? of believed in Pizzagate, yeah. No. Like your face-to-face crazy person. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Wait, so, okay. So that, this, but, that but, I know a lot about. Okay, I know, but this is what I want to talk about. Okay, okay, it's very complex. We could talk for five hours on that. No. It's the problem. But, but what I want to say is that that person said to me, Yes, it sounds ridiculous, and yes, there's no basement. He goes, but but, but <laughs> since since someone started it, there has to be something there. And oh I go, my god! And I said, no, there doesn't. Right? No, no there, there doesn't. doesn't. No, there doesn't. No, no. You you need to think about it. Again. Do you? And so I was asking him again. So do you believe that? Um, that actual. Democrats are pedophiles, and he goes, "No, no, that's dumb." I go, "Okay, so now we're now we're we're standing on the same boat now." So, so how how do you still have some doubts about you know what's going on here? And I think it's because so much lack of trust. There's just lack of trust, right? And, and it's a restaurant that was uh, frequented by specific leaders. So something else had to be, go be going on there except for some kick-ass pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that that's an interesting way to look at the world because someone said it, there but must be a, some truth to it. But that's a crazy thing that to, in this day and age and still believe in Pizzagate. Right. Well, like you say, now they use Pizzagate like kind of a tag word to mean, you know, just this whole general thing, right? Okay. Um, you know, they, and they just pick and choose, you know, the Chinese menu, which Chinese food menu, which ones they want to decide are, are like a, a conspiracy, but a part because it, it has so many parts. Is, is it has so many parts. Okay, so instead of instead of starting from the beginning, can I just ask you some questions? What you know about Pizzagate? Yeah. Is it a Q thing? Yeah, it it's, it came in from that same okay. pathway. When did it start? Pizzagate was one of the earlier ones. Right. Um, so it would be like 2017 time frame, maybe even a little before that. Would have been pretty early on. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And because um, it was one of the early, it was an earlier like a trial balloon, Pizzagate initially was. One of the, to see you know, they were trying a bunch of different things to try to, to get people to see which one got people's attention and which one would sort of suck people in. And so Pizzagate was kind of one of those early sort of trial balloons that they put out there, uh, you know, and it obviously traction, but then they kind of modified it and made it better. You know, they were trying a bunch of different things, you know, as they were, as the Q conspiracy was kind of developing and Pizzagate was one of them. Okay. It'd be interesting to see, it would be interesting to see that whiteboard of what they tried to uh, fly and what didn't fly. You know what I mean? 
Right. Well, you know, I mean, I have to say it's, it's something to do. Well, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far because the social science is still a little bit soft. For on this. this last week, I feel like a rabbit hole has been thrown at my effing head every day, all day, because this person that I follow on Twitter that I, oh, Dave, I have to not yeah, follow him. No, you don't want to follow him. It's all crazy nonsense. It's but like you take six ones and four sevens. And no, but you, listen to this. You find one. a capital O here, and then you you slide okay. that over here. And okay. Look, yeah. This one was also forwarded to, and it's mathematically impossible that on June twenty second, twenty twelve, Melania Trump posted, "A storm is on the way." On June. 6th, oh, wait, what day? June 22nd, 2012, a storm is on the way. Ooh. Ooh. No one ever uses Ooh. that kind of language. Ooh. What's that? Ooh. Yeah. And then, okay, but then start to look 2012. When did he get elected? When did he start running? All this stuff. Right. On June 16th, 2023, Joe Biden says, there's a storm coming in. Okay. There are four. You know, you're going to get some people here now think you got there's a conspiracy to go search on. I know, but I want to know what this is. It's not, they're not connected. It's That's random my things. Point. It's That's just my random point. things. That's my point. That's how the world works. Random things happen. So, why I want to know what kind of head looks oh, at those two things okay. and says, oh my God. And I'm sorry, a storm of coming is a common phrase. Right. It's not like so dinner's brains, ready. So, humans, it's just like dinner's ready. It's okay, so like, humans really like to cr create patterns, even if there aren't patterns. They like to see patterns, I should say. They like to find patterns in things. So these are smart people that are good at finding patterns. So, you know, that's, and so it's a game for them. And the whole thing literally started, well, the, I shouldn't say that because you, it goes actually back to like the 40s and 50s, this, a lot of the stuff that they inherited. But the guys that sort of started it online, took it online, you know, it was a game, you know, it was an alternative reality game in the beginning. And they did it as a joke, thinking they would get some idiots to play it. And they would then call them out. And, and also they'd be proven wrong right away, which they were. And, it, and then everyone said, well, they were wrong, but it still must be true because. <laughs> and it never stopped. And it's like, well, I guess if they're just going to keep doing this and go along with it, we'll just keep throwing stupid ass stuff out there. Because, you know, no. And so they're the guys that created the game are really smart, too, because they know how to lay these clues out. So they lay these clues out. They know this mindset that likes to go do this um, will go dig through those clues and probably get five other patterns that they didn't even the play. The inventors of the game didn't even come up with five other patterns that you could probably make work. Get all those going, too. And. Um, you know, but somebody's going to probably get sort of the pattern they were trying to send from these, these, these things they put out there. So they put out the clues on purpose, very vague, like fortune cookies, like Nostradamus. And then the people read into it what they want to read into it. So A, why did I get all this stuff this week? I, I mean, I follow the guy, but do, do I get everything, every single thing they Well, this is like the new freaking algorithm is trying to feed you this stuff. I'm telling you, so Elon now, Musk is a danger to the world. So that's a new conspiracy theory that the <laughs> that Musk is just going to send me everything. He's going to send you stuff like that. He's going to send you the cult stuff. So what can I do to, to adjust my feed that says, I just want to know what, what the people I know. I don't want this other shit. <laughs>
Yeah, this is the problem. Like, that algorithm doesn't let you opt out. I think there is a button you can start trying to tone it back and say you don't want any more of this. I have to. I have to delete him. You I can just block say, him because I feel. I feel like I. He needs in some ways. It's well, he's like, not trying to contact you directly, so you could just stop yet, following. Yeah, yet. so you could just stop following. Not not worry about trying to block him. Just stop following. But I, it's just what. Because, you know, as you know, I talked to him for three years before he got kicked did. off Twitter. I know you did. But he's back on Twitter. Right. He got back on. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and we had a, you know, we had a lot. We were good friends, you know. I know. He even sent me something about how the Titanic was sunk on purpose because it was financially. Uh, oh, there's a whole thing about Titanic now. They brought the Titanic into it. Why? Now. Yeah. Why? There's some giant conspiracy Why? about the Titanic. And like I say, these people just eat this stuff up right and you know it's it's because basically they're just you know it's you know this whole the idea is this whole pyramid thing right you have the leaders you have the core devotees and the rank and file members and it's just a giant you know hor horrific mind game of screwing with people so what we can say is that any any event it, that doesn't have a nice neat tied up ending like Amelia Earhart, um, any of that can be construed into a conspiracy theory. Sure. And when you're trying to do this, you're trying to suck people into it. They know the emotions. Like if you go down, you know, these videos that people watch, they're super emotional. They show scary images and they use scary language. So they get you really emotional about it. And then they kind of connect these dots that don't connect. And you're super emotional at that point. You're super mad. You're super upset. You're crying because they're showing these terrible things. And they use those emotions to then have you connect these dots that don't connect. And, you know, and then you're in. And like I say, they specifically did things they know were BS and thought people would immediately you're, see the BS. back to Q? Well, yeah, because it's all part of it. It's all part of the same. Are you saying every conspiracy theory is Q? No, well, I guess not. I guess we had okay. left that. But I'm just saying they all work the same. Just like when we watched the Behind the Curve, Beyond the Curve show. Well, yeah. But, um, so they interviewed those guys and they said, and they were asked in an interview, like NPR or somebody asked, are you going to do a, a, a movie about Q? Because Beyond the Curve is about flat earthers. And are you going to do a movie about Q? And they go, we just did. Because they're all the same. They all use the same mechanics. They use the same psychology. This is not a new thing. People that have been sucked in and drawing people into cults have been doing it for decades. And do you think that reality TV has now, um, or even the overload of documentary, I'm doing another quotes, everybody, a documentary TV has kind of added to this. Um, you can do a documentary on anything. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of totally bogus documentaries. I mean, there were a lot during the pandemic. Well, stupid ones what about the made. voting and stuff and. Yeah, exactly. So there's all kinds of dumb documentaries that are full of nonsense. Um, yeah, I mean, right, because those techniques are how you use that that art of a movie is the, the kind of things you use to get people sucked into a cult. So that's what I was just going to say. Can we say this is not a conspiracy theory? It's a cult. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works the same way. It's the same kind of psychology. It's the same you know, systems that get you in. It's usually the same kind of people at the top that are the sort of, you know, unethical people that have some kind of a motivation. It's almost always just kind of about power. I mean, sometimes it's about money, but often it's even more about power.
Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I could understand if it was making somebody a ton of money. Right. Or anything. Well, the Q world is full of grifters. I'll tell you that. Everybody <laughs> will sell you a hat, t-shirt, okay, something else. I mean, how full many, of grifters. Seriously, how many my pillows though? That guy did not make all his money on selling pillows. But oh, you can buy QAnon t-shirts everywhere and other junk. Everybody's grifting something in the QAnon world. Yeah. Vaccines, special, you know, vaccines. I mean, medicines instead of the vaccine. This kind of stuff. They're just grifting left and right. They'll sell you some stupid ass thing. That doesn't do it. What's the other one that some kind of beds, med beds or something they sell you for like, I don't know, $10,000. You buy this stupid bed that doesn't do anything. I mean, there well, are grifters left well, and right. That bed might do something. Yeah. Take your money. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I just was feeling this last month very bombarded by conspiracy theories about you name, name one thing, just name one topic and I'll tell you what the conspiracy theory I heard about it. Yeah. You know, just about, um, or, um, testing. Right. You know, the, uh, PCR testing. Right. That's really PCR testing. Now we're doing some genetic, we're doing all sorts of genetic testing. We're going to test you for your genetics. And, you know, it's like a basic, if you read any basic liability, disclosure on any product you use you you go man this is a conspiracy theory <laughs> so i just are you are you feeling bombarded the way i was feeling bombarded no no because i mean i i don't know where you're getting all this but no i'm not what do you mean i, I just showed you where i absolutely just showed well, you well yeah where so everything was on twitter i don't really use twitter anymore well okay so what are you i mean using? i still kind of use it but i mostly use it just to talk to scientists and oh excuse stuff. me people i don't talk to scientists well, no I mean, yeah. what i mean is i just it's a only it's a place where i can still connect to those authors and stuff like that that's all i do on there anymore i don't really do anything on there yeah i think i am gonna have to get off it's terrible yeah twitter we should not be on twitter and journalists should all get off all the journalists should get off twitter because it's no longer a platform that's a safe that's a reasonable place it's a it's now a hotbed for radicalization it's not a, it's not a reasonable place i guess too another thing just be i just want better replies to when people give me um some sort of bullshit, bullshit thought i want a better reply you and mean, i feel like, like i, want a cookbook I feel like i feel like i need a better arsenal of well, more thoughtful more smart concrete things i just feel like there's the stuff that's being thrown at me is just too, too hard well and the challenge is you can't uh you know i mean you can't have a factual back and forth that that's not how those conversations ever go anywhere. so i also just want to fact just want a smart rebuttal just like i don't think we can have this uh, i don't think we can have this conversation yeah well that's something that you could say but and because i mean the thing is what you you know if you want to try to go down that path of you know pulling them out of the cult it's super hard right i mean it's a huge amount of effort um well so, and that, that's just thing i did i didn't and think, telling them they're wrong about this fact or that fact isn't gonna i'm help. sorry this is getting a little deep this time but i i feel like i 
I did, wasn't pulling people out of a cult. It was just a conversation. You know, it's just like. Right. Well, exactly. If you're not trying to do that, but, but you got to end like, the conversation. But also I feel like, man, man, you are holding on to this bone tight. But as we have both taken an effort to do some self-reflection, maybe I'm holding on to my bone a little tight. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, it's always, if you want to spend more time on the conversation, I mean, it's always good to, you know, talk to them about how they come to know about this thing and, you know, that kind of, stuff, right. And try to, how, how did, how did, you know, that, that happen? Um, and how did you come to know about this? And is there somebody, you know, that's involved in this, or how, you know, this kind of stuff and try to get them to understand how they arrived at this decision, you know, in your case to say that Pizzagate, there's some, there's something behind, there's something there to Pizzagate. Well, it was so funny. Like yeah, you know, no, that doesn't have no damn. But there's got to be something. And right. I go, why? Why? Right. That's there, why I say. About why the facts does there have to be it. something? Right. The facts aren't going to change it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the best way is to do the. I mean, not the best way, but I mean, one of the main ways to start get. If you can try to start understanding how they arrived at it. Well, let's just play this game. I'll tell you. This is. I'll show you a little bit about how this works. I'm not very good at it, but I'll show you a little bit about this works. Okay. So pick. Think of a movie. So since now we're something not political or something with not a lot of emotion behind it. So think of a movie <laughs> that you watched recently. That I watched recently. Or I guess just a movie recently. Yeah, recently, hopefully. Some movie that you watched. It's okay. Um, I'm a movie. I mean, can I just think of any movie? I would rather have something you watched kind of recently because we're going to sort of talk about it. But yeah. Okay. Um. I know we haven't watched a lot of movies lately, huh? Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, the menu. Oh yeah. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, how would, did you like? Did you like the menu? No. Did not like the menu. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate it? Two. You give it a two. I give it a two. Wow. So, it, you didn't give it a one. Why didn't you give it a one? If you don't like it. Because I do. Um, because sometimes I think one's just too rough. Well, what would it take to, to move it up to a three? Nothing. You don't think you, there's not, nothing that would be better about this movie? A whole new script. <laughs> give it a new script? Yeah. Yeah. So, but still you didn't give it a one. No. Give it a two. But you, what would it do take to give it a one? You just asked me that, and I told you a whole new script. No, I said that would make it a three, but to make it worse. Like, why wouldn't you give it the worst rating? Oh, I see what you're saying. I told you I like that girl. I like the girl, the one good actor or actor that you like. Yeah, from the um, Queen's Gambit. Joy, yeah. what's her name? Mm -hmm. And so, what's what what's why did you rate it to? What 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 do you not like about it? Okay, it's dumb. It's just dumb. It's very dumb. Can you be more specific, like in sort um, of about? I'm sorry. You're going to tell me that he does these dinners all the time and people go out to have these dinners and it's always, and it never turns out the way it turned out that night. It always turns out that way. Why would, why would there ever be a dinner too? <laughs> what? So it's partially, it's kind of the, how realistic it was. Yeah, it was totally stupid. Completely so what, stupid. What? So are there other, uh, like, What's a movie that you that you liked? You, can, you know, is there an, is there a movie you liked recently that you liked better than the menu? <laughs> I like all movies better than the menu. 
And I also think that just because everyone says, oh, it's a great movie and stuff, that um, that was another reason where you're like, no, it's not. It's no, it's not. But are you trying to say that I've watched recently? Yeah, I mean, is there another movie you liked better recently? Or you liked fairly, you know, a, lot, a fair bit? No. Not really? No. No other series or anything? Oh, okay. Well, now we're going to I know. Now series. we have to go to series. It's a little different. Yeah, there's been a lot of series that I like that are also unbelievable. You know, that wouldn't have. So that's interesting. So they're also <laughs> unbelievable, but you give those a higher rating. Yes, I do. Because. So what because... else about the menu? Because <laughs> the hilarity did not ensue. The hilarity did you not You know ensue. why it gets a one? Because that stupid burger recipe. Oh, you didn't like the burger recipe? You know, that was the only saving grace. So the idea of that exercise is first to make them give like a point scale because it's how you think about things and then have them ask, try to why they're at the place they're at, right? Because that actually activates a different part of your brain because now you have to kind of understand why am I giving this thing a three or a five or whatever I gave it. And so it doesn't really matter what number they start with. I mean, it depends on what your goal is, but so the idea is you can start to understand better about how they arrived at this and what they consider important related to it, right? Um, so that's that's you know some technique like that you can learn more about their thinking behind their their appreciating that idea. So that, so I can go. So uh, how would you rate PizzaGate? Right, you can maybe kind of try to say, well, on scale of they said they sort of don't. They, this part, that part, kind of believe it. Maybe you can come up with a scale they that says, how much do you believe it? They believe, On a scale of one to five, believe, what's your number? They believe that there has to be some, No, but I'm saying make them go through that process uh, and, it, and you can learn from it and they can learn from it too. Because the whole point of it, or not the whole point of it, but one aspect of that is you don't change anyone's mind. Right. They change their mind. Right. Right. So if you can get them to start saying, Oh yeah, that was kind of a dumb reason I chose that. Then maybe they can move their Mostly scale. Mostly, what bit. I need to do is get them to change their mind that I'm always right. Yeah. So then, when they when we start talking about stuff, they go, "Oh yeah, well Lisa's right." So. Yeah, that, that'll work. That's a that's a plan. <laughs> that's a good plan. I do think it's a good plan. <laughs> Never mind. Then forget I said anything. to do it your way. <laughs> <laughs> My therapist said it was trying to tell me that was a dumb plan too. <laughs> but that's the. That's is that you, you have to get the person to start to see why they think it in with a different part of their brain to actually analyze why they think that thing and then maybe there's some they can start asking themselves it's like oh yeah i guess when i come up with that that wasn't that great of a you know idea so maybe but i, I am just a little have softer let, on it or maybe, maybe I, I just have to let them have that in their head no you're not understanding what i'm saying no i know you help them go there through that process right. is what I'm saying. But I'm also saying that I can't expect them to actually admit that in front of me. I ha I have to well, let them mold that over and then come back and say, yeah, you're uh, that it that that's a bad. Sure. Or yeah, just, there's just some of that. Quietly sure. let go of that conspiracy. No, but theory. if you use that process, it gets them thinking about it. I know. But you use that process to make them start explaining why they have the position they have. But I think in some you're, ways, you're not getting the part about it activates a different part of your thinking. I Did do. you? Feel like you had to you had to stop for a second and and click a different gear when I asked you the question about why did you give it a two, and why not a one? A little bit, but also David, exactly. I've been through this process with you already before, so it was kind of I was kind of annoyed. <laughs> How annoyed were you on a scale of one to ten? Ten. <laughs> you were ten. 
is it, Tim? One out of nine. <laughs> if nine is not as high as ten. <laughs> but I'm also saying that I don't, I want to open up these ways where I don't, nobody has to admit as much as I want people to go, yeah, you were right. I don't want people to no, have to do that. And no. that's not the point. And well, if you do that scale thing, they don't have to do that. You just let them talk about that. So You're when just I said, listening to them about why they well, have to think Well, you should try listening to me because what I'm saying is that. But you see, saying, no, but okay. I don't want to do that He's thing. He's not going to listen to me tonight. You just keep going, no, but I don't want to do that thing because. <laughs> no, that's not what I said at okay. all because okay. you don't listen. Right. But what I was saying is that. I have to let, I also, me, have to let that person sure. make, come to. No, keep talking. No, no, I'm not going to keep talking because you're not listening. I am listening. You're just going, sure. Yeah, let the person keep talking. <laughs> I have to let them have that epiphany and not have to, not put them on the spot to say, yeah, you're right. I, you, that would not be workout. Or even. I just have to, not, oh Lord, my God is, damn. My point is, though, you're never telling them what's right. You're just asking no. them what they think. No, I am asking so they're them. Right, so they're not going to have to ever say, oh, you're right, because you're not telling them what to think. You're just asking them what no, they think. No, but at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, David, we're talk, we started out with this Pizzagate thing. The end of the day, this person thought this. I thought this, if we had the conversation, I, if they have to come back right. to my line of thinking, it is going to be, yeah, you're right. Right. So you screwed oh, up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? What did you well, say? What you, did you say? You're right. You screwed it up already. So it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. So, Cause I screwed it up. You screwed it up now. Oh you my gosh. You can't about it now. You already screwed it up. Because I didn't do that. How do you feel about that on a scale from one to ten? Not how you feel about it. How would you rate this? But, but what I'm saying is I have to let go of the desire and the need <laughs> to be right <laughs> for someone to come back and say, you're right, I should have right, rated because, that as zero. Right, because you, you never want to say what your position is on it. If you can. But that's what I'm saying. I They already know my position on this. Yeah. So, you're so, so yeah, so your whole little exercise here annoyed me 10 and then trying to tell me how I need to do it annoyed me to 11. Well, what <laughs> I'm saying is those other ways don't work. Don't do that. No, I know. So when <laughs> I, so if I, they make it worse because they just up, dig in. If I ever comes up again, I should be a little, I should pull back a little bit about what my, my um, opinion is on that and just try to understand where they're coming where from they're and why coming from. they think it. And since I already know this exercise, if anybody does that to me, I'm just, you don't agree with me, do you? <laughs> so let's not do this exercise and say, why? Well, no, because you have to do the exercise because that's what engages the part of the brain that makes you start asking yourself why you understand it. Because you know, most of us have never asked that. We believe a thing because our parents told us to believe it. Someone at school told us to believe it. Well, now back now we're back to what i started to cut this conversation from to begin with why do these conspiracies what starts a conspiracy theory and there's been conspiracy theories around ever i just feel like i'm being bombarded like a lot of ones where like people compare the stupid emails that are our texts that are very close and i'm sorry if you say 
oh, look at so-and-so said, have a good morning on this date. And then so-and-so different person said, have a good morning on that date. And it's exactly so many days apart. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's a coincidence. Right. And actually it's not even a coincidence because it's just a, a conversation that people have. And it's also the whole Nostradamus. I'm putting these two things that look kind of similar together just because that's how human brains work. Because you I'm want everything in a connection. nice, neat pile. You're going to make this connection, yeah. Because we're really good at that. <sighs> I can't believe you turned my, my little conversation into something so crazy. But yeah, so that's... It's a hard, it's a hard kind of conversation to have. And sometimes it can really take you back because they say these like sort of crazy things and you're like, whoa, okay. And that can be hard to go from that to the next step. And it's not worthwhile to do it in many cases. Like, and that's why these things are tough because once you're in that mode, it's very hard to get out. And, you know, the main way that you get out is if somebody else that's been through it can help with that, right? Can help you sort of explain how they got there and uh, how, what it was doing to them and how they got out. And even that's really hard, right? Because you just, they now they're, you know, they're, they've, oh, they're succumbed, they're part of the deep state, you know, blah, 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 right? And, and you know, and the classic problem with conspiracies is the truth confirms this conspiracy. That just means it's a really good conspiracy. In other words, the negative truths, you know, that prove that it doesn't, the theory's not right, just prove that it's a really, must be a really good conspiracy then right? There's no negative proof. It's impossible to have a negative proof because a negative proof just proves that the conspiracy is that good. So you're, you can't prove it on facts or you can't change anybody's mind on facts. This is not how any of this works. <laughs> and, know. you know, it's really scary and it's sad. I mean, these people are, are just victims. Well, at this point, I just have to, like we, we said, I just have to disconnect and i can't believe we're still i really have a hard time believing we're still at this level where we're having to disconnect from people yeah especially people that need help well like i said i lost touch with him once twitter deleted his account and i actually didn't even know that it got restored okay so i mean i sort of expected it would so how is it so how is it showing on my account, but not on your account? Because we both followed him at first. I've probably got enough other stuff that his stuff gets buried or something. I don't, I don't know. Okay. If I see his stuff, I, I will unfollow him. Oh, do you? I would, yeah. Okay. At this point. I mean, I can't go anywhere with him anymore. We, I, I've already probably screwed that up by the conversations I've had in the past, right? Because we made, I did a stupid thing. I tried to make a deal with him. Oh. Because we I thought we were pretty good friends. Look, here's these seven things you predicted would happen in the next year or whatever it was. And I said, if they don't happen, will you promise me you'll get out of this thing? Right? Well, that was dumb. That was dumb. That was not a good strategy. Because, of course, none of the things happened. Zero of the things happened, of course. Well, no. Yeah, and no, then he just had just... an excuse to say. So he disconnected from you then? Well, no, he disconnected from me when Twitter took his account away. No, but I'm saying, so when he came back, I don't I don't know how I got him. In. Right. Now, yeah, you're right. He might have somehow blocked me or who knows what right it's possible but I mean, we never really had a bad conversation about it you know what i mean it was like it was civil and we talked but when he just you know would just keep when he would say things like well it didn't happen but it's basically happened we we just can't see it stuff like that if you said to him so so this this thing's supposed to happen 
Um, and stuff is going to happen. It's going to happen. And it seems to me like these things, a lot of these things have dates. They all have so many dates. Yeah. Constantly. Well, and each time people flutter get. Flutter don't have dates, No, no, but, but on the Q stuff. And everything has a freaking date. And then, of course, nothing happens. Okay, well, this, this is what I'm saying. You told this person, um, you know what? That's really interesting. I'm going to watch for that. Can we have a conversation like the week after? Because I want to make sure you're okay. Is that, is, I mean, I know, actually, David has done something, so a lot of research on cults and, and disassociating from cults. Is that something that would, could be to say to somebody? Um, Can we reconnect on this date? The only problem is it's kind of calling them out, right? Which is kind of what I did wrong, is it's kind of calling them out. Um. And, and, you know, that obviously only makes them dig in harder. Okay. Um, so. So basically, I wanted to start this little conversation just about how conspiracy theories started. And, okay. Well, yeah. And now I got yelled at. <laughs> no. Yeah, you got yelled at. But, I mean, it's obviously. You, it's not. It's not. Uh, there's no simple answer to how conspiracy started. I mean, there is because they're all the same in, in essence. But the details of how they start can vary a little bit. Well, you know how the. The. Old, old uh, saying that there's there's a little bit of truth in every lie and there's a little bit of lie in every truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's exactly. It's kind of part of that. And it's also typically has some sort of emotional aspect to it. You know, like they sort of get you hooked in, a, in some emotional way. Like they find a need, you know, that you need that, that you sort of feel like isn't being served. And then this gets, you know, so that all kind of ties it together and becomes very sort of personal plus you know like you know a lot of it becomes you're kind of part of a special group now we're the ones who know the truth so you're part of this special group so it's another version of a tribe where we're the special group that knows the stuff and we can be really big fish in this special little pond and um you know and then then it gets really hard to it because now I'm a celebrity. I mean, we you saw with the, the behind yeah, the curve stuff, yeah, that. And, and that happens with the other kinds of ones too. I'm a celebrity now in the QAnon world or in whatever world, and I don't want to give that up. I'm a freaking celebrity over here. I'm I'm. But you're adored. still living in your mom's basement. So how much of a celebrity are you really? They don't see that side of it, right? <laughs> you, you, they have blind spots to that because it's filling that other need for them, right? It's the Truman Show. It's who wants is does the mayor. Of, Truman Town or whatever it was, it wasn't called Truman Town. I can't remember the name of that town. But does the mayor of, of, of the fake town want this to end? I mean, he knows it's fake, but he's the mayor. He gets to play mayor. So, you know, he's like a hero in the town. Wow. And even though he knows it's fake, he kind of doesn't want to get out, right? So I mean that's that's what that's what they, you often find is basically they're the man they're the mayor of Truman Town, and that just caused them to get even more hooked into it, right? So it's got this huge, you know, kind of tribal, secret society sort of side to it, which is usually filling some kind of a hole related to you know some family thing is broken or they need some, you know, they need to belong to something. This is the first time they've ever felt special and, you know and the people that suck people into these cults know how this this psychology works the people that invented these q QAnon args args they know how that psychology works they know how to get you hooked on the game 
and then what it I mean that was their business to get you hooked on the game right but there's such a thing as ethical ARG that kind of sets the limits sets some has boundaries has guardrails and it stays ethical and it's still a gray line like how many of these ARGs are actually ethical but there's the absolutely unethical where you crossed all those lines now they're only trying to screw with people and they're only trying to create havoc and you know and then some people have taken that and then applied it to their particular agendas right you have all these ex um, um, intelligence folks disgruntled the gruntled ones are okay but the disgruntled ones you know are kind of got involved in this and then they used QAnon to sort of screw with the intelligence community because they're pissed off because they got kicked out or you know got humiliated humiliated by the intelligence community so you have these ex intelligence people involved in it too with some kind of a weird agenda um you know that you know so there's all these bad actors that you know either have it for a power thing or something else that they're trying to do it's almost always about power if you look at all those cults nexium all that stuff at the end of the day it's almost always about power that's the biggest piece of it that sucks yeah, it's kind of sad because now we've got millions of people caught up in that cult, in the QAnon cult. Millions. And like I say, just tons of grifters. I mean, they're buying left and right shirts and pins and hats and, and um, you know, and then all, like I say, all these weird, stupid cures, you know, some, you know, sugar pill to, to cure who knows what. And they're paying a huge amounts of, amount of money because it, it was passed around in the cult, right? So they're, it's got to be legit because it came from one of my cult members, right? It came from my tribe. So it's very sad. And we've got a whole, there's like a, probably a 30 million people, maybe more that are lost to this cult now. And I don't know how we get them back. And they've also been, you know, now they're if it wasn't this domestic cult, terrorists. If it wasn't this cult, it'd be another cult. Well, there is some, perhaps because, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a common mindset thing that you can get. And, and people think it's only dumb people on that. No, anybody, smart people can get caught up in these cults. The same psychology works on smart people too. So it's like you think, oh, everybody that's in these cults are dumb. They aren't. They're regular people, just like the rest of us. A lot of them are really smart, but they get caught up in the psychology of it. And, and, and I mean, you know, you've seen some of these documentaries where people have left cults and they, they aren't idiots. And they, but they were in yeah. that cult. So it's like, it's, it's dumb to think I'm too smart. I wouldn't get caught up in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> No, it can catch well, any of you us. Well, it's like if you start to think, maybe I am in a cult. Which cult? The cult of David Bethlehem. <laughs> I got, got you trapped in. You do. Okay. Even when you don't listen to me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying, people. I'm trying. Well, thank you for the conversation. All right. So are we done? Love you. We'll come back to some more of your topics next time. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to finish with one just so we get something to palate cleanser. So, and I was, I, I was, the, this is, and I, I love these lists because you're always like, what criteria do they use for this list? But it's the most legendary bars in America. And I was mostly interested in it because I was curious to see how many we'd ever been to. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, do we go to a lot of bars? Well, we always try a new bar when we travel typically. And especially if we've heard about a bar. Yeah. I think like, what was that show we liked? Drinking something with the monkey? What was that? <laughs> Drinking... Um, drinking made easy. Drinking made easy. That was a great series. I love that series. You can find it on streaming, maybe. 
But it was fun. He would go to a local bar somewhere and okay. it's like talk to the bartender or whatever. So you've already looked at this list. So I looked at this list and I think there's three or four we've been have, through. Have you noticed that like when we start this whole list game, we do the whole thing like, okay, I need some questions before we yeah, start right, the list. Right. You can't just jump <laughs> in the list. Can't do well, that. I was kind of trying to like, what's the criteria to call okay. it the most legendary, right? Okay. Most. Well, see, now I got to the page and they changed it to most historic. Okay. Well, so I guess it's historic in some way. Okay. And I know that when that show, that guy would somehow do that, would often do that too. He'd try to find some historic bar. Okay. Like we found, we found a, that Baby. speakeasy in New York. What was it? Uh, uh, please don't tell. Please don't tell through that and some other ones. Mm -hmm. All right. So I don't think we've ever been to Brittingham's Pub. In Lafayette Hill, Pennsylvania. Mm, oh, and we've had, we've actually been to Lafayette, and if we knew about that pub, we would have gone. Bridgington's Pub. We would have gone in Pennsylvania. It's twenty-six miles from Philadelphia. Oh well, then we wouldn't have gone. We probably didn't go. No. Okay. Next, the Carousel Piano Bar and Lounge in Normans. Um, we no, there. no, and I'll tell you why. Okay. That's a fucking gimmick. Right. That was not a bar that you and I would want to hang out in. It's in um, Carousel Top that turns via motor one revolution every 15 minutes. It has 25 seats. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there was too many that's amateurs. Gim that's gimmicky. It, exactly. And it, yeah, it was a big gimmicky sort of bar, so we didn't go there. Frances Tavern in New York. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I will. Yeah. But uh, it's spelled F-R-A-U-N-C-E-S, Tavern in New York City. I don't think we've been there. Nope. It's, I guess it's, it was built in 1719. It was first built as a house, and then it became a tavern. I'm sure that that's true about a lot of bars. Yeah, I'm sure it is, too. So this one we've been to, the Green Dragon in Boston. Oh, yes. Been there. Yes, yes, we have. So that one, that was one we went to. That that was. Let's see. The celebrated tavern first opened in 1654, mm -hmm. and it was establishing the freedom of Boston, significant in establishing the freedom of Boston during the War of Independence, acting as a popular place for Freemason-led meetings by Grand Master John Hancock and the Sons didn't of care, Liberty. Didn't care. Went right. in, had a cocktail. Yeah, I think I might have had a beer at that one. I remember I had a cocktail. The Green Mill in Chicago. Yes. It sounds like we went there, yes. right? Yes. Yes, we did. Oh, wait. No, we went to the Green Door. This is the Green Mill. It was Al Capone's. No, we did go to that. Yeah, we, we went, went to went this. There. We yes. went here, yeah. We went there. Originally named Pop Morse's Roadhouse, the jazz club opened in 1907. Yes, we did. It became known for its mob ties when Machine Gun Jack McGurn became part owner of the club. So that, we, did, we have been to that one. The horse came in on so the horse you came in on saloon in Baltimore. I don't think we've, we've never been, been to. I've been to Baltimore. I've been through Baltimore. Okay, a little bit. But Next, haven't spent a lot of time. We'll go. Wait, wait. Actually, you should tell me that because I'm going to ask my friend who lives in Baltimore about that one. Okay, so the horse you came in on saloon okay, well, is the oldest continuously operating saloon in the country, according to this. Oh, okay. Continuously. That makes sense though, because it's only since 1775, and the other one's in 16 something. But anyway, okay, whatever. This bar is located in Continu Colonial. Continuous. No, I thought you said you want to know something no, about no, it. Oh, continuous. Continuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what the difference is. The historic bar is located in a colonial era building in Baltimore's Bells Point neighborhood, just a stone's throw from Patapsco River, often referred to as simply the horse. The saloon claims claims to be the final 
place poet Edgar Allan Poe was seen before his death. Ooh. Ooh. Among the saddle-shaped seats in the 19th century era saloon okay, is a designated dumb. seat named Poe's Last Stop. I'm not going to sit in a saddle. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. So there's McSorley, McSorley's Old Ale House in New York City. I don't think we've been there. Although no. it does look familiar when I look at the sign. <laughs> but from the sawdust okay, floors. If we think about how many ale houses there are in New York oh, City. I know, I know. How many we've been to. <laughs> from the sawdust floors to the pair of Harry Houdini's handcuffs that are connected to the bar rail. How come we saw? I remember seeing that. I feel like we have been here. The walls of the Irish saloon are covered with artwork, newspaper articles, and pieces of history that haven't been removed since. 1910. I think we might have been there, but also it sounds a little bit like a Disneyland ride. Right, it kind of does. And I don't, we haven't been here. The old, the old Tabot Tavern in Bardstown, Kentucky. No, we should have. It's one of our favorite places to check out when visiting Louisville. 45 minute drive, so it's 45 minute drive out of Louisville. The, the problem is you have to go have a cocktail and then you have to drive 45 minutes exactly. back. Yeah, exactly. Do they have walking cocktails? Wait, other renowned guests include Daniel Boone. Okay, so Daniel Boone went there once. Ooh, but then now you got a family connection. <laughs> and Andrew Jackson and William Henry Harrison and Abraham Lincoln, they're all supposed to this tavern. The, okay. Oh, now here we've been, another one we've been to. Okay. The Palace Restaurant and Saloon in Prescott, Arizona. Oh boy. Been there. Are we allowed back? No, probably not. <laughs> I don't think we are allowed back. Might not be. <laughs> so people we were with we're not yeah but hey okay the round robin bar in washington dc no we, we did not go that's there. in the willard intercontinental washington hotel i don't think we've ever been there it's an oak panel for imbibers looking to rub elbows with who's who of dc elite yeah well first of all there has to be dc elite yeah we just go to georgetown <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's the list. I thought that interesting. I care. I was mostly interested in how many we had ever been to. <laughs> well, I'd like to invite you to a pub tonight. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks you. Thanks uh, for spending time with me and chatting. Yeah. Sorry, I yelled at you. Are you? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, when we talk to you next time, we'll have gone to another concert. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yes, we have. Yeah. Yeah, that should be an interesting show. It should be. Okay. All right, folks. Thank thanks you. for joining us. Bye. Bye.